Hey there, it's David. I want to welcome you to Island Hopping. But before I begin, I want to take a moment to thank all of you who have listened to and have shared this podcast with others, either through liking it wherever you listen, sharing it on social media, or even telling someone about Island Hopping in person. It means the world to me that you not only have been blessed, but that you are sharing your blessing with others. There's actually an island that we will be hopping to later on in this journey that is called The Others. And those of you who have shared and will share this podcast with others already realize the power of connection. But that's a topic for another day. Today, we will look at my next normal so that you can better understand where I'm coming from. This normal has to do with the concept of perspective. Perspective is a mental view or prospect. Perspective is the way that you and I look at life, how we see ourselves moving through life, and how we see others and the world around us as we move through life. My perspective is this. When I look at life, when I look at any situation in life, I always see the glass as half full. Somewhere, somehow, someone taught me that if life hands you lemons, make lemonade. Maybe I learned this perspective from Bob Marley and the Whalers, who taught all of us to sing, don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. Which, when I think about it, is a very appropriate way to kick off this episode of Island Hopping. So, don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. Since you have made the choice to listen to this podcast, you have made the choice to be exposed to my optimistic perspective. My normal is that I will always look for the best in any situation. I will always believe that everything will work out. I will always believe that the glass is half full. Thus, I will always see the glass as half full. Hearing this confession, uh, let me ask you a question. Can you truly believe that transformation is possible if you don't believe that the glass is half full? The very act of believing in the possibility of transformation is in itself a glass half full perspective. The opposite perspective would be one of a glass half empty, which by its very nature is a perspective that dooms any class to perpetually stay half empty or at the very worst is open to the possibility for any glass at some point to be drawn down to totally empty. A glass that is half full will always hold the possibility of someday being totally full. A glass that is half full represents possibility, the possibility of what the rest of the glass could someday hold. A glass half full perspective opens the door to transformation. And transformation, if you didn't already know, is the possibility of a change in form, appearance, nature, or character. On the other hand, a glass-half-empty perspective closes the door to even the possibility of a change in form, appearance, nature, or character, a.k.a. transformation. Now, having said all of that, don't misunderstand. Having a glass-half-full perspective isn't a belief that life will be void of struggles and trials. 
I'm an optimist above all, but my optimism does come with a healthy side of realism. I in no way believe that life on this side of eternity will be good and just and pure for everyone all the time. I acknowledge the possibility of everything in anyone's life going totally to, well, you know what I'm saying. I know that being a glass half full kind of person doesn't mean that everything in life will go smoothly. But I do acknowledge that when the rough patches do come, when all seems to be lost and I find myself feeling hopeless, my glass half full perspective opens my eyes to the fact that there's something so much bigger than anything in this life that I can lean on. After all, I claim to be forgiven, I claim to have an eternal life in heaven waiting for me, and I claim to have the very presence of God living in me. So if all of that doesn't make me a glass half full kind of guy, nothing ever will. But we will get deeper into all of that in later episodes. For now, I want to tell you a little story. In 1999, when former professional wrestler Jesse Ventura was the governor of Minnesota, he made a statement in an interview with Playboy magazine. Yes, someone actually did read Playboy for the articles. He stated, Organized religion is a sham and a crutch for weak-minded people who need strength in numbers. Well, I don't disagree. All people are weak. We all get sick. We all make bad decisions. We all go down the wrong path. We all sin. All of us need to rely on something. All of us must lean on something. For we aren't strong enough to make it in this life all on our own. Governor Ventura's perspective was that religious people in particular are weak. His assertion was that everyone can and must rely on themselves. We make it in this world by our own strength, our own power, our own intelligence, and by our own moxie, which in itself seems to me to be a crutch for weak-minded people. In fact, one could even make the argument that this very perspective that you need to be independent, you need to be strong, to make it on your own, to overcome by any means, is in itself a religion. For in this scenario, people are resigned to trust in and serve themselves and their abilities alone. Well, the fact of the matter is this. In order to make it through each and every single day, all of us must lean on something. For none of us can successfully do this thing called life all on our own. We all must lean on something or someone. Using Governor Ventura's example, some weak-minded people use religion as a crutch. But it's also true that some weak-minded people use themselves as a crutch. Part of your journey to be is coming to terms with and understanding what's the best crutch on which to lean for having a crutch on this side of eternity is a certainty for everyone. None of us can successfully navigate this life all by ourselves. We all need to lean on something or someone. The trouble with all this is that anything that you lean on, any crutch other than God, will eventually fail. Your crutch will inevitably let you down. It won't be able to support your weight when you most need to be supported. We all need a crutch that works, a crutch that will support us and help us learn and grow and heal. Island hopping will push you to not only acknowledge the fact that you need a crutch, island hopping, if you choose to take this journey, will introduce you to the best crutch the world has ever seen. But suffice it to say at this point, 
Simply the mere acknowledgement that a crutch is needed is a win. For when you acknowledge that you need a crutch, you are one step closer to having a glass-half-full perspective. For a crutch is a tool for healing and wholeness. Seeing a crutch as a bad thing or something merely for weak people is a sign of a glass-half-empty perspective. For everyone is going to experience pain, struggle, suffering, loss, and disappointment. And if you believe that having a crutch in this life is a sign of weakness, then all you will have left to lean on in these times of pain, struggle, suffering, loss, and disappointment is yourself. Thus, when you experience these tough times in life and you have only been leaning on yourself, you are left with the perspective that you have failed yourself. And this kind of perspective is hard to come back from. If all you rely on is yourself, you will disappoint yourself over and over and over again. For none of us can successfully navigate this journey on our own. So where I disagree with Governor Ventura isn't in the notion that religious people are weak-minded and need a crutch to lean on. Where I disagree with Governor Ventura is his implied assertion that he isn't also weak and that he doesn't have or doesn't need a crutch on which to lean. Having said all that, I would never say that any weak-minded person which covers all of us, including Governor Ventura, needs to lean on religion. For religion is good, but good isn't our goal on the journey to be. The goal isn't to develop a good relationship with a religion so that we can use it as a crutch when the storms of life roll in. The goal is to foster a deeper, greater relationship with God. And hopefully you will see, if not now, then soon, that these two things are very different. Pursuing religion will leave you half empty, for religions are merely the creation of weak-minded humans who are trying to find a better crutch on which to lean. On the other hand, a relationship with God will fill that hole in your life that you've been trying to fill for as long as you can remember. A relationship with God will meet you in your weakness and lift you up to higher ground. Religion is very good at helping you to identify your weakness. But only God is good at helping you to overcome your weakness. Very good at helping you gain a glass-half-full perspective. Thus, embracing your weakness, not as something to be scorned as Governor Ventura would think, but as something to be acknowledged will help you on your journey. For your journey to be starts with the realization that you are consciously incompetent. You know that you are weak, and you know that you can't make it on your own. I have a story from my life that goes along with that understanding of being consciously incompetent. Uh, many moons ago, I was a pastor of a church, and I was there for 14 years. Uh, when I came, the church was very small in an old building that was falling down. And 14 years later, the church was much larger with a new piece of property, a new building, and things were going wonderfully. And I looked around at this very wonderful church, and I smiled, and, and I said, I can retire here. I could spend the next 15, 20 years in this ministry, and be, this would be my only home. This is where I would spend my entire ministry. And it was in that moment that I came to realize this concept of consciously incompetent. For one of the things that had happened, and many of you can understand this, is that after 14 years of ministry in one location, I got really good at how that ministry operated. I got really good at what the expectations were. 
I got really good at understanding what was going to be happening and what's coming around the bend. And sadly, I had gotten very good at becoming complacent. Not because I got up one morning and I said, I'm just going to be a complacent guy and I'm just going to put in my time and get my paycheck and go home. But after 14 years, that seems to be the tendency that happens in many people's lives. That complacency starts to set in. And it's not a negative thing. It's not a crack on me or anybody else. It's just a reality of life. And so as I turned to the Lord and I said, okay, 14 years of ministry, what's coming up next? These words, consciously incompetent, were what was just ringing through my soul. I, I heard them in my prayers. I would read, be reading something, and I'd come across this term, consciously incompetent. It was something that just happened over and over again. And basically, what consciously incompetent means is that you are aware that you don't know what you're doing. And so I, I had this understanding that I really needed to get myself into a place where I was living my daily life in, a, in an area or in a way or doing something for a living that I didn't know what I was doing. But I was aware that I didn't know what I was doing. So I did resign and I stepped down from leadership of that church. And uh, as I was looking for and trying to get my feet underneath me after I left the church, um, my wife was a middle school teacher at that time. She taught at the local middle school right down the street. And she came to me and she said, you know, you do know that you're going to have to do something in the meantime or you're going to go crazy and then you're going to drive me crazy. And so she made a suggestion and she suggested substitute teaching. For in my county, to be a substitute teacher, all you need is a bachelor's degree and then to pass the qualifications and pay your money and get your certificate. And so I looked into it and I decided to go for it and I went for it. And I decided to start subbing and I thought this would be this would be perfect because, you know, as a substitute teacher, I get to pick and choose when I work. So if I had something else I wanted to do on this certain day and they called me for a sub job, I can say, no, that's OK. I'll talk to you later. But the thing, the truth is, is that I never missed a day subbing. This was this was about April. And so from April to the end of the year, I substituted every single day at the local middle school right down the street from my house in every grade, in every subject. And during that time, I fell in love with what I call the Island of Misfit Toys, and that is middle school. And I knew that this was something that I was interested in and something I felt called to. And so I went through the process and I got my certification. And the next year I got hired at a different middle school, but I got hired as a sixth grade social studies teacher. And I spent the next three years teaching sixth grade social studies. You want to talk about being consciously incompetent? try to become a sixth grade middle school teacher after you've been a pastor for 14 years or after you've been a butcher or a baker for 14 years. It doesn't mean matter what you've been doing uh, because that is just a whole new kind of ministry. Let me give you an example. When I was serving as a pastor in a church, I, t I charted out my days in time frames of a half hour. So if I was meeting with someone from 12 to 1 and then I had another meeting at 1.30, I didn't plan anything between 1 and 1.30 because a half hour just wasn't enough time to really get anything going or to start anything or to, or to do anything. So it was kind of free time. It was open time. Well, when I became a middle school history teacher, I realized that my half hour time frame had to shrink down to basically a five to 10 second 
time frame because I quickly realized that if I left too much time and 10 seconds is a lot of time with middle school kids, if I left too much time open, then I would be eaten alive, that they, they would take over. <laughs> so I had to learn how to be on all the time. And this required a lot of work on my part. Not only did I have to work a lot on my part at home on nights and weekends just to learn the material so that I, I could stay just enough ahead of the kids so that I could teach them history. But also, too, I had to restructure the way that I managed my time. And I needed to understand and needed to, to have this understanding that you know, a minute is a long time when it comes to middle school kids. And you can get a lot done in a minute or you, there's going to be a big disaster in a minute. So I had to go through this process of changing. And for three years, I lived my life day in and day out realizing that I was consciously incompetent. I knew that I didn't know what I was doing. Now, granted, by the end of the third year, I was better than I was at the beginning of the first year. But still, I wasn't quite there. And that's just an example of what it means for us on our, our journey. It's important for us to realize that deep down, when it comes right down to it in our lives, we're all consciously incompetent. We all need to be at a place where we realize that we can't do it on our own. We realize that we're not good enough. We realize that we don't have all the answers. And in that realizing, then we will turn and we will seek help. We will turn and we will look for that crutch, as Governor Ventura talked about. This consciously incompetent realization is the first step to changing your want to. If your glass is half empty, you are invited to want to change your perspective. The choice is yours. You can either deny that your weakness exists, or you can claim your weakness and begin working on becoming more than a conqueror. Claim it or not, you're still weak. I'm still weak. Governor Ventura is still weak. Everyone is still weak. An optimistic glass-half-full perspective is only found in the claiming of your weakness. The claiming of your weakness allows you to maintain an optimistic outlook. You no longer need to wrestle with your weakness, for it's not within your power to overcome your weakness. You simply need to acknowledge it, live into it, and, with the help of God, live through it. That is the essence of a glass-half-full perspective. Let me put this another way for you. If you want to ace a test, you know that you need to study. And you don't begrudge the studying, even though it isn't easy. For you have claimed your want to. You want to ace the test. And you have claimed your weakness. You can't ace the test all on your own. Thus, you need to study. Conversely, if you don't claim that you want to ace the test... Setting aside the time and putting in the effort to study for the test will never happen. Why would you do all of that for something that you don't want to do in the first place? The truth is this. You will always find a way when you want to. You will always find the time when you want to. You will always find the strength when you want to. You will always find the money when you want to. You get the point? Thus, studying, hard as it may be, is simply a means to an end. The end of you wanting to ace the test. Once you claim the end, your want to, the means simply fall in line. The studying is that which you must do in order to ace the test. 
yet the studying would never have been able to be endured if you never claimed your want to of acing the test. Well, the same is true for your relationship with God. You know that you're weak, so you need something bigger than yourself in which to study. You know that you're weak, so you spend all of your time and energy focusing on your journey to be all that God has created you to be. For God desires for you to be something bigger, faster, stronger, and better than you could ever be all by yourself. It's God that you can lean on and learn from. It's God on which you can hang your hat so that you can overcome your weakness. (laughs) And there it is. Your life's goal is to be better at the end than you were at the beginning. This can only happen through living in and through your weakness. And living in and through your weakness can only happen if you live as a glass-half-full perspective. Have you ever run into somebody after many years just to realize that they haven't changed a bit? Or worse yet, they seem to have grown more immature with age? You might not speak it, but deep down you know that this isn't right. Just as your body grows throughout your years of living, so does your being. Your being, that thing that makes you, you, evolves as you learn and grow and experience your journey to be. And this growth can only occur through embracing your weakness. Not until you acknowledge your weakness can you ever begin the journey to become stronger. And not until you acknowledge your weakness can you ever begin to live into the perspective that the glass is half full. I believe there's a God, and I believe that I matter to God even in my weakness. For it's in my weakness that God's strength is able to thrive, according to 2 Corinthians 12.9. This perspective allows me to live with my glass always being half full. I'm aware that since my glass is half full, there is still half of my glass that's empty. This awareness isn't a pessimistic or negative outlook. I've simply made the choice not to focus on the emptiness, on that which is not there. I choose to focus on the fullness that is already there and the possibility of the fullness to come. Well, there you have it. I will always see the glass as half full. I believe that in order to be successful in experiencing transformation in any life, the glass must be seen as half full. Please know that I'm not telling you that you should also see the glass as half full, for I will never should on you. But I am inviting you to contemplate how a sincere desire to experience transformation in your life can coexist with a glass half empty perspective. It's my job to give you something to think about. It's your job to actually take the time to think about it. So, until the next episode, Healthy Hierarchy, may you claim your weaknesses and see the glass as half full.